Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast, where I'm joined by my wife, Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. In these episodes, Stephanie and I have a conversation about the different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters, because we believe that for those who are awake, we are living in and through the most impactful time in history. Your view of the world is the filter for how you will experience the evolution and changing dynamics of it. Our intention is to provide you with ideas, nutritious food for thought, and some tools that you can use to help you in being your greatest self and living your best life. Listen in. Enjoy. Hey, folks. Welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast. Stephanie. Hey, hon. So I think we've got another interesting topic, but I always think that, and I want to kind of recap some of the work we've been doing over the past couple of weeks, what we've got going on, been a very, very busy uh, past couple of weeks for us. And it kind of plays into the launch of our shift coaching program. And I want to talk about the shift coaching program, but when we get there, there's a little bit of a backstory that I think we need to share. So uh, you ready to do that? Let's do it. So I want to begin with a fundamental kind of context, which is over the years of coaching that we do. So there's the Real Estate Investment Network, and that's really a coaching program for real estate investors, lots of content, lots of how-tos, strategies. And then there is the Mindset Matters, this podcast that we do, which is kind of a context for some coaching, some insights for people who listen to it in the Mindset Matters realm, and as well as some of the uh, coaching that we do one-on-one or even the small group coaching and previous shift programs that we've launched. Now, as we get into this I'm going to call it this phase of our life, this next phase for us, because, you know, I hit that magical birthday and it was, I think, a milestone. And it really was time leading up to that for reflection and saying, well, what do we want to do next? Like, what else do we want to do? And both you and I have been very clear on what drives us, our mission, our purpose, you know, why we're on this earth, which is to really support people in being their best selves, living their greatest lives achieving their dreams, their goals, you know, having success in the space of whatever they're doing, business and real estate or just life in general. Anything you want to add to that? Well, it also is the iteration of the champion's journey. You know, when you think about it, we have evolved this program over the almost 35 years, whether it was champion's journey, uh, real estate investment network, mindset matters now. And as it evolves into shift, we're really up leveling, I think what we do, what we know, we're still getting coached. We had that four or five days in in Fort Lauderdale last week, just getting so much content and up leveling our own knowledge. So I think it is really a new era for us. But again, because it's similar and it's um, it's all aligned with our purpose, I think it's going to be a really fun new era. Well, you know, you make a good point. So part of what we've been having going on the past couple of weeks is uh, both of us have had lots of travel. But aside from the peripheral travel that we've done, I've been going to Toronto. I did a speaking gig in Calgary for a couple hundred realtors, which was just a great, great time and was very interesting. Again, uh, supporting them in what they wanted to achieve as a in their goals. And I stepped in as a keynote speaker to deliver that. And a 45-minute keynote turned into a 90-minute keynote, including Q&A, really engaged audience with Royal LePage. Uh, it was a very fun time. Now, let's talk a little bit about uh, going to Fort Lauderdale, why we did that. Now, 
you know, we live the coaching that we coach. In other words, you know, we're not just talking the talk, we're actually walking the talk. You know, we're we're walking the walk, if you will, in our own development and we're always looking to improve and where can we examine blind spots? How do we be the best that we can be? And a few years ago, uh, we came across, or I came across a guy by the name of Patrick Bet David, who's really kind of carved himself a pretty significant niche in the world through valuetainment. Now that's not his background, by the way, this is his next iteration of where he's going. And uh, he ran a program, I think this was his third year or fourth year that he's run a program called The Vault. Now this is a very I guess we'll say it's quite a high-end coaching program. It's a four-day event. You literally are going from 7.30 in the morning till 9, 10 o'clock at night. Uh, in this case, there was about 3,000 people there, but we had stepped into what they call a CEO level. So there's a fundamental that you and I both know and we believe, and that is the you know most important product that we've got is you, the time that we are us, right? And the development of our, you know, our investment in ourselves is the best investment and the best return on investment that we'll ever get. And in that context, we'll talk a little bit about the vault and what it was all about. But I mean, we stepped in, I think that trip or that program for the both of us was like 25 grand. And then we had travel, we had accommodations, we had food. So the point is, is that we really do invest in ourselves and we bring that forward. And the good news is, is that, you know, with 40 years of experience, multiple businesses, years of experience coaching with business and of course with, in your case, athletes and business, uh, we really bring a lot to the table in that, I guess, in that space. And that's our commitment to what we do. Now, I'm going on a little bit, but I want to just read a really great quote you know, and it goes like this. We read books about studying other people. We focus on how to read people, persuade people, and influence them. You know, that whole sales thing that goes on. And that is certainly a lot of value. But imagine if you were to spend as much time studying something far more important. Studying others gives us knowledge, but studying yourself ultimately leads to an incredible amount of freedom. The key is that studying yourself helps you reach self-acceptance, which liberates you from self-judgment. So important. Instead of beating yourself up all the time, you learn to accept yourself. And as I did, and as we have, we realize that what we thought were shortcomings can actually be assets. So in the Mindset Matters program, in the SHIFT program, you know, what we're going to do is continue to remind you that the most important persons to study is the only person you're going to have to live with for the rest of your life. And that, my dear listeners, is you. And that is why Stephanie and I invest in ourselves. It's why we actually have and have launched our SHIFT program again, Setting Honest Intentions for Transformation. So that's the opening to uh, this particular podcast is about examining and self-examination, about self-reflection, about looking at where you're at in your business, in your life, uh, career, uh, what is next for you, and are you in a position where you actually have been investing in yourself? We've talked a lot about what's been going on the past three or four years, and so here we are today. So after that long-winded opening, I hopefully gave a little bit of context to this conversation today. 
What do you want to add? Well, that's great. I appreciate that because it creates the foundation and I think it stimulates my thought process and and really getting into the why, you know, somebody would want to do some work with us, whether it's shift or or carrying on with the mindset matters. Um, moving forward, we're really going to invest in shift. I think it's going to spin off a couple of other really cool ideas. I don't want to give it away right now, but you know, whether it's couples, whether it's men's work, et cetera, we haven't really dug into it, but I think there's so much there that we can use the context of shift of setting honest intentions for transformation and people will step in where they're comfortable, whether it's a price point, whether there's some value there, what something maybe you said, or I said kind of triggered something. It has to feel right. And I know for me, when I'm choosing a coach or I'm choosing a coaching program, it has to feel right. And feel right doesn't mean everything's flowing. It means that there's something there that I can't let go. It's something like it grips me and I go, you know, I need to dig into this. I need to look into it a little bit deeper. I really get that Patrick and Stephanie are authentic. I mean, that's what I really got in Fort Lauderdale at the vault with uh, Patrick David and his team is that we really bring a lot of value. And I mean, I'm not like pumping our tires and stuff to the point where, you know, we come and hang out with us because we're awesome. But it was humbling just how much we know. We were probably the seniors in that room, so to speak. Well, Few people older, many younger. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you make a good point. We were probably in terms of a group of 3,000. And by the way, it was kind of layers of points of entry. So we happened to enter the game at the highest level, which we were in a group, what they called CEOs. And within that group, there was probably a couple hundred, I think, of what they would call CEOs. Now, here's what was really, I thought, there's so many things that we took away over that really intense four days. And it was fun. They did a first class job, which is really great. But uh, we were amongst business and business owners who were doing 20, 30, 50, 150, 300 million dollars in terms of revenue in their business and developing careers. And uh, it was really spectacular in terms of the feedback. We did some amazing case studies on the business front. But within all of that, when we think Stephanie is at the core of all of it, what did Patrick bet David keep hitting home, which was you. It is the business of you. It is your development. It is really about the mindset aspect of it. He spent hours on stage. It was really his show. Uh, by the way, one of those rare occasions where you go to one of these events and it didn't turn out to be a pitch fest, they absolutely sold nothing. It was really quite remarkable. And the value that they brought was incredible. So I, I digress. So um, I think I might have interrupted you in the thought process, but it was really the environment that we were in was absolutely top end, first class. It was really a great experience. Well, not that you interrupted me, but you just carried on the thought process is that where you step in in your personal development journey is very, quote unquote, personal. And we think about the work that we do in shift and, and what I think we've continued to circle around and bring it back over and over and over again on repeat is truly who you're being in your life in all seven areas. And that's what really landed for me is that we've been doing this work for years, whether it started with Mike and Andrea Reynolds or Dr. John Martini. like we have to be of the awareness that we're standing on the shoulders of giants and that, that people can stand on our shoulders when they do this work. We're not coaching or coaxing you to do or be anything that you don't want to be. I think the great thing about shift is such a subtle shift in mindset around who you're being in all areas of your life. 
So Patrick, but David called it the personal identity work. And I think that's what I love in alignment with our work. And it just felt so good to have that kind of reinforcement that we are really on the right track. This conversation is so important going forward. We don't know what's going to happen in the next two, three, five years on the planet, with everything that's going on financial with the economy, with the world in a sense, kind of blowing up potentially again. So if you don't know who you are and what you're doing, it's very difficult to make decisions in the direction that you say you want to go. So for me, it was a reinforcement. It was encouraging. It was to the point where I am so fired up about shift and so excited. I mean, we start like on what, September 21st, I think is our first yep. date. Yep. And super excited about that because all the things that we learned over the last 30 years is now being created in a way that it can be uh, digested and personalized and internalized individually. And that's what I was so interesting about shift is that even though it's group coaching, just like the 3000 people at the vault, it's individual. Mm -hmm. We're having your own experience. A hundred percent. I want to share uh, an insight. I don't even know if I've shared with you this. So here we are going public. Here's Patrick again, just kind of laying it <laughs> on the table. Uh, but a body of work that we've done in the past is, again, is around, you know, personal identity. It is uh, setting honest intentions for transformation, which is really a journey of self-discovery and really getting to know and ask yourself the right question. So, you know, this is a bit of an example of the work we will do with clients within Shift. And by the way, uh, if you're interested in Shift, you know, keep in mind, this is a small group. And yes, we have room for others to join in, but this is a small group program. And then it also is about one-on-one -on -one work with individuals in behind the scenes. So the group brings a really cool dynamic to it, but then we break off into one-on-one -on -one so that you're getting looked after in that regard. But let's just give you an example, a few questions that I'm going to share an insight I gained. So uh, I'm going to give you a few of the questions that Stephanie and I worked with. Now, there was about 25 questions, but I'm going to give you quickly, if you've got pen to paper or if you want to do this exercise, here's some thoughts. I'm not going to give you all the questions because we'd be here uh, for far too long. But we start with the question of how do you think the world views you? You know, when you look at yourself and you reflect how do you think other people see you? How do they view you? What's some words that you would use to describe you about how, how others see you? Now. That's a tough question. It is. Think about it. It is so because. So what did you say? What did you write down? Uh, I had words like competent. I had words like confident, knowledgeable, opinionated, uh, a little bit serious, uh, perhaps distance. Uh, a little too put together sometimes. Those were some of the things that I shared in my own notes to myself. That's great. That's good self-awareness. And then uh, the question was, how do you view yourself? Ooh, that's an interesting question too. Like, do you think that how you view yourself matches what you think other people see? I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think, you know, I like many and most, you know, there's parts of me that are really uncertain about my own skill set or my own competency, but I view myself as capable and confident. Uh, I think that in not all areas, but in many areas, I'm 100% confident because, you know, that just comes with old guy wisdom, right? It comes with having some levels of success. And I like the term that uh, was showed up in a Mike Tyson interview where he showed this, this shared the story. And he talked about how we often use the term of 
course, which we still hang on to, which is that confidence is rarely owned. It's almost always borrowed. But where do we borrow it? We can borrow it for, uh, from others, which is very, very common. It's probably one of the most common. But he used the phrase that success drives confidence. Then confidence drives success. And it's, no, a, so it's a cycle. It's a cycle. It's a circular cycle, right? And But in all of that, to gain that confidence, to gain that, that, that success, you're often borrowing it from others. So usually coaches. Yeah. Coaches, friends, family, teammates. Well, from others who have maybe gone on the path before you where they know where they're going. It's when I look at and say, how do I view myself? I think I don't go out of my swim lane too much. I do it for myself, but would not generally do it with others. But anyways, so I viewed myself as quite capable. And these are just some notes that I'm reading that I made for myself. And in many areas, not all areas, I'm very confident. Lately, lately, because I'm about to, and we're about to, but I'll just speak for me, I'm about to go to a next level. I'm going to share that with you in a moment. So there's a little bit of, okay, do I have the ability? Do I have the the, the uh, skill set? So right now, in some regards, I'm questioning my abilities now. So that is where uncertainty lives. But what I'm confident in is gaining the competency I need. And so that's part of the, I guess, the cycle for me. And that's just how I view myself. So, I mean, I could add words to it, but for this conversation, and I have added words, but for this conversation, that's kind of where things are at. Now, this was an interesting third question. Do you want to, anything you want to say about those first two, about you, or are you just going to make it all about me? I'm going to make it all about you, but except for the one part that, um, when we see ourselves the way other people see us, sometimes it can be a little bit eye-opening. Yeah, of course, it is. Positive and negative. Both positive and negative. Generally positive, I think, but that would be a total generalization. So, Well, no, I've been, we've been called curt and abrupt, and I don't think you are. I've been called aloof. I've been called bossy. Yeah. I've been called a lot of things that I don't think I am. I think I'm super kind and sweet and you all are. those things. You are, but, and you you're know, bossy. You're all of those I'm things, bossy. and you're bossy. And and <laughs> sometimes I come across as curtain abrupt because I'm curtain abrupt. So that's just the way that is. Um, I don't apologize for that. So now the third question. I'm gonna. There's only. I'm gonna only share four of 24. And this is again a body of work that we do within the program because each of these questions can take on a whole do nine dynamic when you're in a small group and or in a small group of discussion and or one or one where you're starting to go on that journey of self-discovery. So how is the public you different from the private you? So that's an interesting uh, question I thought as well, particularly because I think more than most, it feels like everybody but is in the same space, but it's not. You know, more than most, we are in the public space. We're putting ourselves out there, whether it be audio, video, we're on stage. Uh, we're literally putting ourselves into the public view, which at times can be like, you have to get over being judged about it. You know, people who like you are going to like you and uh, resonate with your values or your message and how you show up. But what is, do you think is the public you, how is the public you different from the private view, uh, private you? And I don't, 
like to think that there's a big difference, but I'm sure there is. Like if I'm on stage and I'm speaking, I'm focused on generating. In other words, I want to have my message. I'm trying to articulate even when we're doing this podcast, we're trying to show up. So there is some generation there, but anybody who knows me, if you're in my space and I'm having a conversation like this, I'm just as animated, maybe even more, uh, probably a little bit more forthright. So I think the public me isn't that much different than the private me. What's your thoughts? No, I, I agree. I think you're very similar. Um, getting to know you and over the last 30 some years is it really is about a personal discovery and a personal identity conversation that we've had over the years. For me, I'm the same. I don't know if I have two personas. I think on stage, I'm direct. I'm not as animated as you. I'm a little bit more introverted or ambiverted. Um, so I, I get a lot of comfort from being by myself. I, when I'm at home, I'm quite quiet. I don't socialize well. I can be a little bit socially awkward. So I've had to learn those skills when it comes to my public persona. But my personal persona, one of the, comp you know, the compliments we got one time when a couple stayed with us that we met in Mexico and they stayed at our home and the compliment they gave, and I took it as a compliment, is that very rarely do you find people that are the same on vacation as they are in their own homes. Mm. And I really took that to heart. And I thought, you know what, if I can be the same person at home, you know, warts and all in my in my pajamas, walking around, you know, with coffee breath and, you know, boogers in my eyes, and I can be the same if I'm at a gala. I mean, I won't have boogers in my eyes if I'm at a gala. Of course, <laughs> I'll be dressed up, probably have lipstick on. But if I can be the same person and those people can trust that I'm not going to all of a sudden react a different way or I'm going to treat them differently in public than I would in private, um, then to me, that is a self-discovery and that's an honoring of my values so that I'm showing up in all seven areas of my life the same way consistently. That's And that's what builds trust and trust builds confidence. So if you think about consistency in all areas of your life, and it doesn't mean perfection. I mean, there's no perfection. It's always an un uh, a self uncovery, so to speak. We're always going to be a work in progress if we choose to do the work. That's it. Absolutely. Okay. So the fourth question of the 25, and this is where I'm going to end it and kind of go into a little bit something different, which is what conditions produce the best version of you? That was a, such a great question. You know, so that's the version of you who competes and gets the, your best result. Like, what is the conditions that produce the best version of you? And, you know, so just to give you context, we're at the event, Patrick Bet David's on stage. There's lots of guys going to the mic, sharing stuff. Very, it was just a really great environment of what conditions produce the best version of you. Then we had to go back to the room at like 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night and do this homework. It was, uh, we didn't have time to do it in the event itself. There was a lot coming at us. Uh, this was homework that we did, which I thought we did a great job of. It was really, really kind of insightful for me. So anyways, what I got, what conditions produce the best version of you? And Stephanie, I'm going to ask you the same question. What I got to is what produced the best version of me is number one, a victory, having someone believe in me and when I have a point to prove is all produces. Now there's some things in behind that where competition, uh, fear of loss are examples or a setback where I have to recover. Now those sit in the back. Now I've never considered myself all that competitive, but I think I'm, I'm bullshitting myself and I'll, I'll tell you why in a minute. Uh, what conditions produce the best version of you? Well, you know, this is, I have it all written down, but I didn't bring my notes. But for me, it's being 
really supported in the area and in the environment that I'm in, uh, being believed in. Competition is big for me. I'm very competitive. And also under stress, I also rise and I have the ability and the resilience factor that I don't know where that came from, but I have the ability to really calm down under stress. So to me, stressful environments can create a really good version of myself. I have the ability to con- to control my emotions when I'm when other people are freaking out. Yeah. So to me, that's a quality that that shows up. And I think that's a really good quality that I have. I agree. And I think we're both that way. It seems like when things are the most chaotic and when the proverbial yogurt's hitting the fan, that's where we kind of slow down. And uh, it's not that we slow down in terms of decision making and or it's our brains slow down. We don't buy into the drama. And uh, we're often, I think, a pretty strong anchor for those around us because that's what we do. So that's a good point. I like it. Okay, so if you're listening to this and you're interested in all this, you know, what conditions produce the best version of you? Now, here's something that showed up for me. And uh, as you know, I've been doing a lot of study of Joe Dispenza and he's got, I just love his body of work and, and what he's talking about and doing. So I'm becoming very aware of a lot of different things and uh, particularly the messages that my body is sending me as opposed to what I'm thinking. I won't go on that rabbit hole, but here's what I got to in also in that body work. As you remember, we were having a blast at the the event and there was a couple of dinners and there was some real social activities and uh, which included, you know, uh, uh, an evening at Patrick Bet David's house, you know, like $25 million home. And there was some really cool cats there and some of his team was there, his wife was there. It was a really, really fun night. And but in all of that, we were meeting some cool people. To your point earlier, um, we were probably in the top two percent of the oldest there, uh, which was which is fine. I had no problem with that. But we were taking selfies and we're having some selfies and a couple of individuals. I'm going to have some cool guests on the podcast, by the way, coming soon. That'll be really fun. We got some great guests. Anyways, so remember when we did that selfie with Vinny, Vincent? And, and I looked at it and of course I've got my beautiful wife and Vincent's this young guy and uh, really cool cat, funny. And we get into this selfie and I go, oh my gosh. And I look at the camera and I look at the picture and I go, ah, oh, I'm so old. And he kind of looks at me and goes, you know, you got to reframe that. And he just said it in the moment. And, you know, he said, you're, you're, you, you got to get out of your head and into your heart of really who you are. And I've been not struggling with it, but I've been very aware of this whole aging thing that I've got going on. You've reminded me on a number of occasions, just be happy that you're 65 years old. There's many that would have wished that they got to 65 years old. And without getting into any story about that, of course, that hits really home uh, given family uh, matters. But what I got to is that I can either go down the path. I know this seems so simple now that I'm about to say it. I could go down the path of buying into that number, you know, the age thing, but I don't feel 65. I, you know, I hang out with a bunch of 40 year olds. So I never think of myself, you know, my, my, I guess my little comment that I'm having fun with the team is, you know, you guys should be so lucky that I'm the age I am. Cause if I was your age, you couldn't keep up. So <laughs> that's good. 
But what, what I got to around this is that I can go down this path of 65 and go, okay, well, my body's starting to ache, which it is. And, you know, it's harder to keep my weight off, which it is. Or because I'm really into this conversation about how men are showing up and the challenges men face and having conversations. And I said, you know, I'm having a conversation with Bonnie about it. And I go, oh, and here's where the competitiveness came out in me. And that is, what if I'm the stand for what 65 years old can be? I mean, mentally, physically, vocationally, like really take the stand of where 65 can be. You know, the 65, it's one thing to joke and say, you know, the, the 65 is the new 50. Maybe. I don't know about that. I just know that in general, 65-year-olds are on that decline. And I'm going, no, I'm actually going to reverse age myself. And... That's my thought process. I love that. I love that. And it was great because I think there was a lot of respect shown to us because, again, we don't come across as a couple of old folks. You know, I looked at some of those photos that you took and those selfies with some of those young guys. And you know what? We just are who we are. And I think that's what we have a lot of wisdom in that regard to bring. And I think as we break down the decades, you know, I, I wrote a paper. Uh, actually, it was an article for an Alberta magazine. And it was on your 20s, your 30s, your 40s. And I'm about to write the chapter on your 50s because, as you know, I've turned 60. So I'm going to write the chapter on your 50s. And when I did that and I share that with some of our 20-year-olds, our 30-year-olds, our 40-year-olds that we have the privilege of hanging out with, because I don't think they look at us as old. I mean, they maybe make fun behind our backs, but <laughs> I don't think they see us as old. <laughs> but, I, you know, think about it. If we can bring our knowledge, not our knowledge that, you know, we've learned the hard way and here's how you should do it. Cause that's not our, that's not our, our mandate. That's not what we do. I think the biggest thing in this regard and what we can bring to the, our shift program is that not just the wisdom, but the clarity that each generation, each decade has its own special template or its own special context. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love the fact that you brought up about men, because Right now, men are struggling to find other powerful men, Oof. you know, that can be powerful and be vulnerable and be a stand and be, you know, aggressive. And I mean, I, I love all those, quote unquote, sacred masculine qualities. I have a lot of them, too. But I think what happens is that we've forgotten sometimes that in order to really be powerful in what we're doing and in our relationships, we have to honor the sacred masculine in the man. And men need men just like women need women. I know that I need a circle of women around me because there's some stuff that I just can't bring to you and I don't want to bring to you because you're not helpful. But I think if I have women and you have men and if maybe that's where we can evolve into, I think this is going to be extremely powerful next decade for us. Well, it's such an interesting conversation around the men conversation and uh, only because I happened to be in with a group of, anyways, I was at a golf tournament talking to a bunch of 35, 40 year olds. I say a bunch, like there was four or five in this conversation after, and they're all single. And you know what their biggest struggle is? Wow. By the way, none of them have been married, but they all want to be in a relationship. And you know what their biggest struggle is, is that they are going on dates, they're doing a little bit, three of them were on some kind of dating app, but they're going, all these freaking women want to do is hook up. And these, yes, that's what they're saying. And I'm going, really? Is that what you're dealing with? And they go, yes, 100%. Trying to get into a real relationship with uh, many women, they come with baggage. Uh, most of the women that- they're well, we all do. Yeah, we all do. But most of the women that they're seeing show up have been in relationship in the past. Some of them have 
you know, past significant others, you know, husbands, etc. Anyways, it was just an interesting conversation. And I'm not painting the world with one brush. It was just, these are kind of some of the issues that are showing up for men. And how do you really, uh, how do you show up as a man these days, whether you're 30, 50, or in my case, you know, 60 plus. So I think it's just a, a really cool I think conversation for men to get into if they can create the space for themselves, the environment for themselves to actually have those kinds of conversations. And that conversation uh, turned into, you know, almost an hour of, you know, the, the rest of the room disappeared while we were in this conversation. Uh, well, well, I was in the conversation with these men. So that was kind of uh, kind of fun. So where are we going I'm, with this? That's amazing. Where are we going with this? Um, well, I don't want to interrupt you, but heading back to what we're doing with shift is that it's also about your yes personal identity but defining who you're being as a man as a woman i mean i'm not talking you know we're not talking gender or anything like that but who you're being as a human being as a person and what do you want to stand for and honestly in shift that's the hardest exercise i've ever done and i think it's the hardest exercise so many of our clients have done because it's an ongoing evolving a uh, live document that as you learn more about yourself, you get to put those stands into the context for your life. And I love the fact that we can have conversations in a safe and and powerful environment where we can stumble around with some of that stuff. And you know, what's, what's going on right now with gender inequality and trans, uh, I don't know what the words are, but all this trans conversation is that people are hesitating stepping into a conversation about who they are and part of their identity. And I really want to bring that conversation back to the forefront because we need both. We need the duality. We need people to shift into a conversation regardless of how they show up or how they identify. It doesn't matter. I'm in the world of figure skating. There are so many people who are non-binary, so many people who are experienced and expressing themselves in, in, in multiple ways. That's not what I'm talking about. It's identifying it for you and then not demanding the rest of the world you know, follows along. Yeah. But if you know who you are, yeah. that is you. Love that. That's a great point. And so one of the things that I want to share as we wind this all down and why I'm excited about Shift, if, you know, the fact that we got into a different environment, we surrounded ourselves with a very interesting group of high performers, uh, overachievers, if you will, A-type personalities. But in all of it, what I really got to, as much as we did case studies and we looked at business and careers and development and negotiation, and we played in that space a lot, at the end of the day, it all came back to one fundamental thing. Yes, there was a little bit of uh, discussion about strategies and tactics, but it all came back to mindset. It all came back to you. Who are you being and are you defining yourself in a powerful way, intentionally, or are you just evolving and being the sh being shaped by those around you without any kind of reflection of, is this what you want to be? Is this how you want to show up? I mean, think about the guests that they had on the show, Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady went on for an hour and wasn't really telling as many football stories as he was about his own evolution of who he had to become to be a player. And I thought that that was your... I thought that was a really interesting view. Uh, Mike Tyson happened to be on the stage, which we've been on the stage and have met Mike in the past. But then uh, what was Will's name? What was his last name? The restaurateur. Oh, the author. Yeah. Or the restaurateur. Yeah. I can't think of his last name, but he wrote a book as well. Will Denig, I think, or something. He had the number one restaurant in the world out of 
New York. New uh, York, yeah. I live in Madison, I think it was called. Yeah. Anyway, sold anyways, it for like but the, what was their conversation all about? Their conversation was about their own identity. They're def- defining themselves to be the best. And there was a great quote, and I know that I'm not going to get it right, but it is the lie that you tell for others is painting the picture of your future self. It's something like that. Your future self. Yeah, the lie that you tell today yes. becomes your future. Something like that. Yeah, something so like that. So really thinking about if you're not showing up for who you truly are authentically mm-hmm. and people are buying into your inauthentic self and then all of a sudden you have this uh, you know, epiphany where you need to evolve and grow and start telling the truth, you're going to be busting a lot of illusions for people. And I think that was the message for me is with Tom Brady, with Patrick but David, with with Will, the restaurateur, and with Mike Tyson is that they're it's about their journey and who they're having to become. Yeah. And you know what? It doesn't matter if you're a celebrity making hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever. Every single person in that room went that you could hear a pin drop when when we were having conversations. And it's not a new conversation, but I'm so proud of us that we've been in this conversation about personal identity, about content living for so long and that we are so brave, you know, to keep bringing it back. And I think if anybody's going to join us on this shift journey, trust me, this is not going to be an easy first couple of months. <laughs> you know, it really is because change is always a little bit challenging for those who have already registered for the shift program, uh, clients that are already started. Uh, you're going to get a ton of this program that we promise you. Uh, we're doing along the work, the work alongside. We'll get to be able to share in our own uh, personal journeys that uh, actually benefits those in the group. And uh, those things are always always helpful. I'm fired up about the SHIFT program. I'm fired up about what I get to take forward into the rest of 2023 and forward into 2024. Uh, That little competitive edge in me is about competing with myself. And that's what I really got to, which is to say, you know, I am going to put my kind of efforts and my shoulder into what's next for me and of course for us as a couple and a family. So uh, any final words, Stephanie? Just that I'm super excited to be doing this work with you again and to really welcome anyone who's interested in this conversation. Come join us. Step in where you step in and uh, really start your journey or continue your journey with us because we would love to have you. We can't really sell it. it, You either resonate with it or you don't. 100%. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope that you're still with us and uh, hopefully we'll uh, talk to you as you register for the Shift Coaching Program. Stephanie, thanks very much. That was fun. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others, share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener, if you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.